All right. Welcome back to the Blue Brother Sportscast. I'm Caleb, and with me as always is Brandon. Uh, yeah. Well, I don't. <laughs> How are you feeling, Brandon? Oh, I'm just doing great. It's fantastic. Just loving life. It's a Monday night, and our favorite day of the week is tomorrow, so. <laughs> Uh, Tuesday. Yep. To the first Tuesday after a weekend like this past weekend, which was like partially awesome. terrible, partially okay. You get the awesome part. I get the crap on a stick. Uh, I don't know. My when I said awesome, that was pretty sarcastic. Oh, okay. All right. I didn't know if you meant the part that you get to talk about is quote unquote kind of awesome. But anyways, we'll just kind of go into it. There's no fanfare at the beginning of this because the good stuff is about one team and the not so good stuff is about another team. So we're just going to wait until we do the recaps and everything. So uh, we'll review our uh, predictions real quick and then we'll jump into the recap so get the fun stuff out of the way michigan was the three and a half points underdog at wisconsin uh and got throttled yeah trampled (laughs) uh utterly embarrassed 35 to 14 by wisconsin uh we both predicted the loss um, we both were predicting though that they would cover the spread. And uh Brandon, I think the only thing that we have good to say about that is that you were correct in the prediction for how many points Michigan was gonna score. Yeah. But you were a little bit off on how much Wisconsin was gonna score. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then the Lions were the seven point underdog at the Eagles. Over under 48. The final of that was Lions 27, Eagles 24. So uh, they did. Brandon, you had 24 17 with the Eagles winning. And uh, you went with the under and were predicting it to be even for the spread. And you bombed on all those, but not nearly as bad as Michigan bombs on Saturday. Um, I predicted a close win for the Lions, 20-14, so I got a couple points off of that. Our game locks, I did not think OSU was going to completely demolish Miami of Ohio by covering the 39.5-point spread, but they did. Just added to the wonderful things happening on Saturday. (laughs) Um, Brandon, however... Uh, you got another point with predicting that the Chargers would not cover negative three against Houston. And our questions of the week, will Michigan have less turnovers than Wisconsin? We both home run that one with saying no. And then for the Lions, do you think the Lions offensive line will keep the Eagles under two sacks? And we both botched that one. So they had zero, right? Yeah, they had zero. Amazing. So uh, we are actually after this last week, we are both tied at nine to nine. So, oh man, oh snap! Well, not to linger on that any longer. 
while the fun lasted forever. Uh, we'll move on and we'll jump into lines here first. <laughs> start with the good and then we'll go to the bad and ugly later so uh since the lions are your forte your specialty your lifelong investment brandon how about you kick us off here with something about the lions oh what a depressing lifelong investment huh i know right <laughs> no i was talking about it today with some people at work and you know the lions played about three quarters of really good football. Uh, I thought they did pretty good in the first half and, you know, they did pretty decent in the third quarter. It was when the fourth quarter came around, uh, the Eagles started coming back and honestly, the Eagles probably would have won if any of their guys could catch a pass. Yeah. I think Aguilar dropped like four passes Mm -hmm. and even Ertz dropped a, a pass. Uh, and he never drops anything. So, yeah. and he had a, like three offensive pass interference penalties. Yeah, I, uh, I actually told a friend of ours like I felt bad for Carson Wentz because he was doing everything he could out there. He was doing his job, but the guys he was throwing to, you know, just couldn't catch anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, the Lions' run game was pretty much non-existent. Uh, seemed like every time they ran, there was at least eight guys in the box. Uh, I actually saw a stat saying that Carrion Johnson ran against an eight-plus man box more than any other running back in the league this week. Oh, lovely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so not really much going on there. Um, yeah, total yards. The, the Eagles had more yards. They had 373. The Lions had 287. And like I said, carry on Johnson. He had a hard time. He had 20 rushes for 36 yards. Man. <laughs> and one touchdown. Uh, McKissick, he had one carry, but it was a 44-yarder. Uh, it was a nice little um, kind of change of direction. Uh, it was pitched to carry on. He ran to the right, and then he pitched it to McKissick. He was going the opposite way, so that, that opened was, up a big hole. He, he went flying down the sideline. He, with one carry, was the leading rusher for the Lions. Yeah, that's, that's kind of funny. He had <laughs> more than half of their yards, rushing yeah. yards. That's so bad. <laughs> I know. Uh, luckily, though... Uh, Marvin Jones showed up receiving. Uh, he had six catches for 101 yards and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Um, other notable ones, I guess, uh, you know, Amendola, he had three receptions for 37 yards. He had one that was an amazing catch. I don't know how he caught that. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, the one was right towards the sideline there. I think it was uh, one of those crazy third down uh, completions. Yeah, yep. Um, and I guess... One to mention that isn't necessarily good is that Hawkinson only had one catch and it went for one yard. Oh my gosh, what a draft bust. <laughs> and he was hit super low and I, 
it was I know I kind of saw it was kind of a dirty hit, but if it was the guy dirty, totally went at his knees. Yeah, I was going to say it was just it was awkward, though, like his leg looked like it bent a little bit the wrong way. Yeah. And I mean, if you want to talk about um, kind of a questionable play, I don't know if you saw that kick return that the Eagles had where uh, Sanders took it out and he got to like the 15 yard line and Killebrew ran up and grabbed his face mask and about broke the guy's neck. Do you see that? Was that in the first half? Uh, I believe it was in the second half, but he grabbed his face mask and spun his helmet all the way around on him and then ripping his helmet off and they didn't even call a penalty. I did not. I missed that. <laughs> I mean, I actually like said out loud of like, how do you not call that? He almost killed the poor guy. That <laughs> yeah. was like one of the worst non calls I think I've ever seen. It was terrible. Um, and I mean, it was on the line, so I mean, that's how bad it was. That I was like, "Yeah, you definitely need to throw the flag there." That's a new. Uh, a few more things that kind of stood out to me is the pass rush was wasn't that great. It was pretty much non-existent. Yet again, uh, you know, I, I keep bringing it up every week, but I wanted the Lions to take a pass rusher in the draft, and they pretty much refused to. So. They did get three. Yeah, they did get three sacks. So I mean, oddly yeah, enough, they did I think it was them. mostly because of you know the Eagles were missing those first two wide receivers. So you know the Lions, their secondary is good enough that they can stay in coverage long enough with guys and missing the two impact receivers that the Eagles have. I think it was they were like coverage sacks. Yeah. There was a few times, too, where Wentz was just kind of running around, and he realized there was, like, nowhere to go, so he kind of just fell down, and the lion just touched him. <laughs> there was at least one or two that were like that. I remember the one that Kennard um, got was kind of like that. Um, and, you know, with the struggles in the pass rush, um, another bad thing that kind of happened was uh, Darius Slay got hurt. Yeah, yeah, have he you heard how bad? String. So he was gone a lot of the second half, and that's going to hurt because mm-hmm. he's by far our best offensive player. You know, especially coming up uh, with playing the Chiefs next week, that's, that's going to be a bad time if, if Darius Slay can't play. Uh, the Lions had a few turnovers. But in typical Lions fashion, they couldn't like fully capitalize on them. We ended up settling for field goals, uh, which always just frustrates the heck out of me. Uh, I think the Lions, I feel like the Lions are one of the only teams that can force turnovers fairly well, but they never do anything with it. So, mm-hmm. you know, either they, they sputter out or they have to settle for a field goal. And it was, you know, kind of the same thing too with that big run by McKissick that we're talking about. He gets that 44-yard run, and he goes down into the red zone. And then uh, on first down, they throw some stupid little like bubble screen thing to Amendola where Decker wasn't there in time to block. Amendola gets the ball and instantly gets tackled. And then um, on second down, like they try to run the ball. That goes nowhere. And then on third down, it was like third and 11, and they throw a seven-yard slant. Lovely. 
which I just I feel like I've seen that for about ten years now. It, it never ceases to amaze me. Like you guys have third and long, and you always throw it like four yards short of the marker. It just I don't understand. It drives me nuts. Yeah, and it doesn't matter. Seem to matter who the coordinator is. I don't know if it's just like a Stafford thing or what, but you know it happens at least a couple times a game. Uh, you know, I mentioned that Marvin Jones played pretty well. Uh, another guy kind of disappeared was Kenny Galladay. He had two receptions, but that was it. Uh, he didn't really do much. I don't know if it had something to do with, you know, coverage that was on him because I know he got kind of saddled with, uh, Malcolm Jenkins. Leroy. <laughs> Leroy could probably catch better than Nelson Aguilar. um yeah i mean other than that that was pretty much the game um i feel like stafford was a little up and down again you know he had a few good quarters and then just i don't know if it was just a play calling or you know pass rush getting to him or whatever but he just you know he had a few drives that just kind of sputtered out and i i remember there was a play where he scrambled off to the right and he threw it to Marvin Jones, and it skipped in the dirt, probably about four yards in front of him. Oh yeah, no, that was, <laughs> that was uh, really frustrating. Uh, that was an, uh, another third down conversion attempt, I think, when they were trying to kill the clock. Yep. And I mean, that just comes down to not being able to run the ball. It's times like that when you're trying to wear the clock down, you have to be able to run the ball, and the Lions just can't do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything that you took away from the game? Because I know you. At least saw some highlights, made parts of the game. Yeah, I was able to watch the entire second half, um, except for I may have missed that crazy wild rip off somebody's helmet play that you were talking about. Oh, yeah. you'll have to go back and see if you can find that because that was just so blatant. I don't know how they don't call that. Yeah, it's it's odd because it seems like when the lines are relatively close but behind. Mm-hmm. Um, in the fourth, they become almost unstoppable. But then when they have the lead in the fourth, they can't like close it. I mean, how yep. I, I'd be really curious to know how many times the game ends with the other team attempting to win or tie the game. Like, not... <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, I mean, obviously the lines usually end with the ball, but you know what I mean, where the other team is driving and then something falls, which is totally random on how few and far between it happens, but something lands the lines way and then they get, eventually get the ball back with like 30 seconds left and then they kill the clock mm-hmm. In, instead of killing the clock like two minutes earlier by just needing a first down. So, yeah, it's um, it seems like they always just like put them in that spot where it, which is crazy because previously you would have said whenever that happens, oh, the Lions are going to lose. Now this year, it's kind of like, uh, oh, yeah, maybe, maybe no. <laughs> right. Mm. Um, yeah. Um, needless to say, you know, we're two oh and one and we still don't know what we have. <laughs> yeah, so true. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, losing Slay, which was there a, a time that he was out for? Did uh, Was anything said? How long? Um, 
No, I saw something today that they're he's probable, I think. He's listed as probable. Um, you know, if it's a hamstring, he might be gone for a couple weeks, depending on the severity of it. Uh, yeah, it says he's a we'll see when asked about the availability uh, for week four. Okay. <laughs> and along with him being hurt, Mike Daniels, defensive lineman, he got hurt as well. Uh, he was seen in a walking boot. And uh, I heard that he basically just has a sprain. So, you know, it might be, you know, one to two weeks or something like that. How was, uh, was there anything on Amendola? He took that, uh, he, he made that catch and he smacked his head pretty hard. And I don't think he went back in the game after that. I saw that. I saw him working on his shoulder too. So I don't know if he just like landed funny on his shoulder or something. But I haven't heard anything about him. Okay. So he might have just been banged up a little. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe this is the year that things just fall the lion's way. So, <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree with you that it's still confused. Uh, the one thing I will say this is that the Lions are still not a running offense. No, not at all. Um, I jokingly said on Twitter, I was like, okay, so which one of the Chiefs are going to get hurt now? Yeah, right. <laughs> That's how it's been every week. And uh, people giving me crap for that. But I mean, it's a trend. Oh, yeah. You're blind if you haven't noticed it. Um, and, you know, we haven't been like super strong. And these wins, so maybe the NFL as a whole is just feeling bad for the Lions. So players, even <laughs> if they just get tweaked a little bit, they're like, "I'm gonna sit this week out and you know get healthy." Yeah, and it, I mean, it only took 62 years. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Uh, well, yeah, I um, I don't really have anything to add to what you said. I mean, you broke it down pretty well, and. I caught the second half. I mean, it was exactly like you said. They they had the chance, but too many injuries. Poor Carson Wentz and Detroit essentially kind of got lucky again. But mm-hmm. so, anything else, sir? No, that's pretty much all I've got. Um, you know, other than you know, I guess I, I said on Twitter like the Lions are are two zero and one. And I'm not ready to buy in, and I don't know if it's just, you know, being a lifelong Lions fan that, you know, I can't just buy in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you no. gotta show me something. If you beat the Chiefs, then, you know, and then I'll believe in you. But that, yeah, then we'll start talking. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I can agree with that. So, all right. Well, let's um, keep things moving forward. <laughs> Some good uh, rock and roll transition there, because uh, I can tell you what there is nothing rock about this past weekend for Michigan football. <laughs> um, actually, before so we we have a uh, we shared it, and I was a little surprised that uh, not more people took advantage of it, but we do have a voicemail. 
Um, so, and it's from uh, the one, the only Stephen Brown. Uh, so we will play it here in just a moment. But I do want to share. Um, we have changed things a little bit in how we're recording. So we actually record the recap and the preview episodes in one night on Monday night. So if you are calling at all for like talking about the game afterwards or going to be talking about the next matchup, you need to call us by 9 p.m. Monday night Mm -hmm. for us to be able to get those voicemails talking about the previous game or the next game coming up. So keep that in mind. Because uh, if you do call later in the week, it will be too late to include it with our preview episodes. So keep that in mind. And we will go ahead and play Steven's message here, which I kind of wanted to talk first because I have a feeling that he he and I might share some uh, viewpoints here. But I'm definitely curious to hear what he has to say. So let's go ahead and get this pulled up. Hey, it's Stephen Brown. Forget all that where I'm calling from. I'm calling from Earth, man. Um, you know, it's 35 nothing right now. They're about to kick off with 5:13 left. I didn't see this. I was really um, hopeful that Michigan, with a bye week, and Wisconsin with a bye week, would be a better game for Michigan. It has not been. I'll say this: Josh Gaddis is a liar. Um, he, he, I don't know who created his resume, but they. You know, somebody got him this job. Speed and space, that's a bunch of garbage. The guy's not good. I don't want to hear any excuses. This guy said he was a big part of the reason why Alabama did good last year. Alabama's looking better this year, in my opinion. Two was probably going to win the Heisman. <clears throat> they look better without him. So, Josh Gaddis is a liar. Uh, Mike Loxley was right. Jay Harbaugh is only there because his dad's the head coach. He's not a good running back coach. He had two good years um, because they had an offensive line that actually knew what they were doing. Ed Warner. This might be his last year. This doesn't look good. They have too many upperclassmen. Um, Don Brown, his defense is not working anymore. Khalid Hudson is a terrible um, captain, a terrible player in my opinion. Um, Josh Metellus is still overrated, can't catch um, interceptions. Uh, Sean McCune is not good. I don't care about the parents of these players anymore criticizing people. I mean, you can't if your kids play bad, you're just going to have to catch it. I'm sorry. Nobody really cares about, well, you know, and, and you got some of these fans that keep saying, well, Phil, you know, these are, these are kids. Look, they're 21, 22, some of them 23. They're no longer kids. We're not going to spare their feelings. You're at Michigan. You're expected to play a certain way. Shea Patterson has been one of the worst quarterbacks I've ever seen at Michigan. The guy has no confidence. He's fully dependent on his high school rating. It has nothing to do with him now. He was a busted old Miss. That's why he transferred. I was a fan of his until now. Um, it's only one game. It looks bad, but this says a lot about Coach Harbaugh. And he's gonna to have to do some soul searching and, and make some make some some major changes in the off season. The season is not over. It's one loss, but this is not good. I don't care what some of the fans say. This is not a good loss. It's bad in every way, shape, or form. Ten wins is no longer enough. Stop blaming Rich Rod. Stop blaming Brady Hope. Place the blame squarely at the feet of Coach Harbaugh and his crappy staff. Thank you. Oh man, <laughs> no, I was like, I was ready for more Harbaugh thoughts. Like he talked uh, about every, I mean, he brought Harbaugh up, but he was talking about uh, everybody else more in depth. And I was like ready for like something Harbaugh specific. I mean, definitely uh, put the blame there, right? Uh, rightfully so, and everything. Thank you for th- the thoughts, Stephen. Um, I guess he covered a lot of things that I um, wasn't really planning on. So 
that was good. But yeah, yeah I he thought... made a lot of good points. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, he'd be cracking up in some spots because he was just, you know, speaking right from my mouth. So. <laughs> yeah, you two tend to uh, share a lot of the same feelings. So. Uh, was uh, was there a, which or yeah, which parts in particular were you thinking uh, along the same lines? Uh, I believe I, I said to you during the game, like Don Brown's defense is just not working. Mm-hmm. What when, when he said that in the message, I'm like, yeah, exactly. And I believe I even said that like word for word. Um, you know, I don't think Patterson's. The worst quarterback I've seen at Michigan, he's not played well. I'll definitely say that. Uh, he has the ability, but I feel like coaching has failed him. Um, you know, I still will stick by the fact that I think Stephen Three was the worst quarterback we, that I've ever seen at Michigan. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's not really much you can compare. Um, Sheridan wasn't that great either, but I think Patterson's better than both those guys. He's better than John O'Corn. Oh yeah. Now I will you know, say he's, this: he's got to get better. He has to improve, uh, and if and if he doesn't, you know, we're gonna have to find somebody else and come in and do something. Yeah, I, I do agree with you that co- coaching is definitely a factor. But I will say this: like up until this game, I have thought that you know everybody makes mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will probably say that I am actually leaning more with what Stephen has said because there were two plays that um, like almost immediately after the game, it seemed like people were dissecting. And there was the one where um, at at some point, I don't know if it was their um, first drive or whatever it was, but there's a screenshot of Shea in the shotgun, a wide open receiver at the goal line with like Mm -hmm. at least five yards all around him with no defender and he was not thrown to. Yeah. I think I, I screenshotted that picture and I sent it to, to Craig cause I was texting him after the game. Just like I was texting you. Yeah. Cause somebody had it like broken down with, um, sight lines and everything. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he looked like he was looking at that player. So I don't yeah. know if it was just, um, a decision not to do it or he was that blind but not to be in his favor whatsoever there was also a play that nico collins uh, the defender on nico collins fell down and nico collins was wide open on the far sideline um and was completely missed mm-hmm uh, which easily could have gone for a touchdown. So those two things in that game were just like, okay, this is not all on coaching. Those mistakes that happened before look worse now because it's just like, what else has been a human error similar to this, where it's just like you are either clearly ignoring a good decision or you are really in the need of an eye check because that those two were bad. Yeah. And um, Steven made a point too about, about Hudson not playing well, not being good. Uh, I'm starting to wonder was Devin Bush kind of a, a shield for that guy, you know, like a cover up. Uh, maybe because I mean... he was so good that 
um, Hudson didn't have to do as much. So when he did something that had more of an impact, you oh, know, without man. Bush out there, you know, Hudson, they're kind of relying more on him to make some plays. And that dude, he is out of position so many times on defense. Yeah, especially in that game. And, he, you know, he's making some bad decisions uh, with penalties and everything. And we definitely saw that in the Army game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, it's hard to really pin it on just a few guys this last game because it was just every aspect was horrible. Oh, yeah. there There was, like, nothing to take away that was good. Like, there was bad on every level, offense, defense, bad decision making. I mean this this is a top to bottom issue. And the thing that sucks is just like you look back at it and I I'm saying this is kind of like a blanket statement. This is not saying that it is for sure with every single instant, but it's just like it comes down to leadership. And so yes, what does that say about the coaches, which we'll talk more about here in a second, but it's like also what does that say about the the players that they choose to be leaders? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I played my fair share of sports and, you know, I understand the athletes being the leaders and team captains and things of that nature. And, you know, each one has a different personality, but you choose <laughs> them you usually at least choose one because of what he's able to do from a motivational standpoint, not because he's just the best person on the offense or defense. It's like, he's going to be able to motivate a team uh, like his teammates to overcome adversity. Yeah. And that might be by words, you know, he might be able to, um, psych guys up, calm guys down. Um, you know, it might be by action. You know, you might see a guy go out there who gives, you know, 110% all the time. I mean, yeah. that could be a leader as well. Um, yeah. And, you know, I kind of think of, you know, it's not the same sport, but I think of, like, the best captain that I can remember, and that's Steve Eiserman with mm-hmm. the Red Wings. Uh, you know, captain for, like, almost his entire career. And he wasn't, he was a soft-spoken guy, didn't get too riled up. He was always level-headed, kept guys in the game. And he went out there and on both, both sides, you know, gave his all, you know, played defense as well as he played offense. And, you know, that was the kind of of leader he was. You know, he didn't have to be the big rah-rah guy, but, you know, he was someone that could inspire people and motivate guys. You know, and that's what this team is really missing. Yeah. Well, what was it, too, that... um uh, who was the who's the guy who tweeted it out and saying that they were so pissed about the one part where the players walked back on the field with like five minutes? It was left ju- it minutes? was John Jansen, I believe. Okay, I I'm, I I believe it was him. I because he yeah he's like above all he's like this makes me the angriest and he shows the guys just like walking to the line. Yeah, I believe that's who it was, and I. You know, I commented on there saying that one guy I always respected because he never gave up. And even though he's from Ohio State, it was uh, Chris Bielman. Mm-hmm, yeah. Because that was a guy he, I mean, he played for the Lions. So, <laughs> uh, you, you know, so he was in a lot of losing situations as a pro. Um, 
yeah, he's he's just a guy who always gave his all, uh, never gave up. So, you know, that's you know that's something you want to see on your team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I just, I mean, it, it that's not the biggest issue, like the team captains. I mean, it's something worth mentioning, but it's just like I don't, I don't. Uh, I was a pretty self-motivated athlete. I mean, I am I was not that good of an athlete. Like I was a bench guy. Um, but I through time became a very self-motivated uh athlete. And I just don't understand how like what is going on in there. Because it seems like it once they face adversity, they can't do anything. Like uh, going back to the uh, specifically, I, I, there might be some other instances, but I specifically think of the Florida game last year, the bowl game. Michigan, it was early in the game, maybe even the first quarter, um, still close, maybe even scoreless. Turner took a outside run up like. 30 yards or something like that. It was a, it was a big explosive run, which Michigan never gets. So he got a really good run, but he got called back because of something stupid, probably a penalty. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a huge, uh, motivate, uh, motivation or momentum, not motivation, momentum right there was getting that. Yeah. But then it got called back. The team did not look the same after that at all. Um, so they could not overcome that hurdle. They played the army game, couple weeks ago and there was the fumble that was recovered for a touchdown which would have given Michigan a boost that was stupidly made so that it couldn't count any way you figured it out because the officials were so dumb about it and so then Michigan could not get over that hurdle I mean they won because they kind of got a little lucky and uh, so another stance where they lose momentum, they can't they can't really fight and gain it back. Like they lose momentum and that's it. It's like hold on for deal uh, for dear life because you don't know if they're going to win or lose because they've lost momentum and who you know flip a coin. Who knows what's going to happen? So then that mm-hmm. Wisconsin game too. Go down first drive, huge thing of momentum, fumble before they can score, and then. The the players even said that they were hung up on it and they couldn't get past it. And it's just like, what? So just stop playing. So essentially, you're telling us that you feel like you just stopped playing. So if you cannot overcome that, what what's the point of going out there and putting in the full full time? If if you face that kind of adversity and you just give up, why don't you just give up? And I mean. It, it's not really what I'm saying, but it just blows my mind that that is a repeat thing that they can't get over that. You losing momentum and it's done. I feel like there could be a very specific instance in that Ohio State game too in the, early in the third quarter because at halftime it was kind of, quote-unquote, still competitive and a game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it just comes back on uh, you know coaching and leadership. And... Um, that tweet we were talking about was from Jake Long. Okay. 
He said, out of everything today, this bugged me the most. I don't care if you're down by 100. You don't walk to the field like that. He's a good or bad finish the game with a purpose. Yeah. Now, uh, you know, that again falls on coaching and leadership. mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it it is. It was bad. And I agree that huge issues with the coaching staff all around Harbaugh, Warner, Brown, Gaddis. Like, there's huge issues. This is so the only thing new in that is Gaddis. So you're bringing back Harbaugh, Warner, Brown, and then uh, there were a couple other new, but but those are the big ones, you know, that we're talking about. So I don't understand how things can be so bad. Sure, okay, you lost some key players in a couple different areas. All right, great, cool. You're running a new offense. Okay, get it. But you have they have the talent and they have the ability, and. So not even just talking about the Wisconsin game, but how badly they looked with Middle Tennessee and Army. It's just like how they they've been given the benefit of the doubt. How bad can this? How can it be this bad? Even Don Brown, somebody shared and was talking about on Twitter how Don Brown was excited to be able to get back to his defense because they know the Wisconsin game plan and they're going to be able to defend it. Wrong. I mean, the <laughs> the past the past several games has been. Absolutely awful. I'm trying to see if where was it? I thought I had it. In the past three of their past uh worst losses for Michigan since Harbaugh has been there are in the last five games. Three of wow. their worst losses. And that's the Ohio State game, the Florida game and the Wisconsin game. This is the beginning of year five. How it is possible that at this stage, three of your worst losses are at this stage. Like, I don't even know how that makes any sense. I could understand that something stupid happens once you guys screw up. Great job. Congratulations. But frankly, what it looks like is that Don Brown has been pinned. Like people know what to do. People know how to beat it. Or they, the players are just completely unmotivated because that the def, the, the thing that has been able to be relied on has completely fallen flat. Now, some people might say, you know, it's another year where the defense feels like they have to carry the team because the offense keeps on turning over the ball. Okay, there's a little bit of argument with that, but you can't really talk about that with the Ohio State and Florida game. I mean, it's not like they were turning over the ball like they have in the past three games. Nine turnovers, three games. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and I mean, it's like you look at Wisconsin's offense, it's not a hard offense to figure out. No. Uh, Cohen turns around, hands it to Taylor. <laughs> Yeah, the, the, you know, goes inside, he goes outside. The Not gaps too hard were to figure so out. bad. And then even the announcers were just like, wow, this is so good. They're making the movement go to the other side of the line, and then they do the handoff so the run play goes to the opposite side. And Michigan is fooled every time about the movement going to the other side of the line, and Taylor just burns <laughs> them. The announcers mm-hmm. knew that. It's just like, if you're a defensive player, can't you realize, you know, maybe after, like, 10, 12 times, maybe something of that sort. That's, oh, hey, 
they're doing it the exact opposite way every time. Oh, and by the way, Taylor had to go out. Didn't matter. Michigan couldn't stop him. <laughs> yep. That's what I that's what I noticed too. Um yeah, and I mentioned too during the game, it's like it looks like that these coaches didn't game plan at all. It's like they never watched Wisconsin play. They had no idea what they were doing out there. Um, And I mentioned, too, like, you know, we want to talk, like, how Harbaugh Harbaugh should be one of, like, the top five coaches in college football. And and I'm like, everybody hated on Jim Caldwell when he was a Michigan – or not Michigan, the Lions coach. But, you know, he knew how to do – he knew how to game plan. Mm -hmm. He knew how to get his team ready to play. He's like, you know, he might not have been the best game manager. It's like, in fact, like, he was pretty terrible at game management. But, you know, he was a really good coach from, you know, from Monday to Saturday. He got his team prepared, got them motivated. They went out there, did their best. You know, he might screw up a few things. But, you know, at least he got his team ready to play the team they were going to play. And I feel like a lot of times with Harbaugh, you know, maybe Brown too, that I just don't see that. And I think of a couple years ago when we got destroyed by Penn State. Yeah. You know, you know, in Penn State. Yeah, I know what you're talking that, about. So it made me think of like that. I thought that was the worst game I saw, and then I saw that Ohio State game last year, and then I thought that one was the worst one, and then I watched that Florida game. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like they just kept topping each other. And I think just the main thing that I could take away from this Wisconsin game is that we gave up. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. The, the coaching staff. The coaching staff looked like they I don't know if you would say they gave up but they just didn't know what was going on and the players looked like they gave up so yeah I'm going to take a moment here because it's just like what I was hoping Steven would talk a little bit more on I'm going to take a minute to talk about and that is we've chatted a little bit you and I Brandon but the Mm -hmm. whole situation with just Harbaugh right now of course everybody's just like should Harbaugh be fired What's going on? What do you think? Who should we go after? Who should the school go after? Hire? Blah, 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 blah. Um, I will say this, that this is the most disheartening thing. Harbaugh's best two years were his first two years. Yeah. 2015, 2016. Those were not even his guys. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't even make that connection. I was having a conversation on Twitter. Somebody jumped on and they're just like, yeah, and then you realize that those aren't even his guys. His most successful time was not even with the players that he got in his first two years, and everything since then has not been any good. Honestly, 2018 may have been a fluke being able to get 10 wins. Yeah. People thinking 2017 was the fluke? Maybe 2018 was the fluke on being like, oh, hey, we're back to 10-win seasons. Nope, doesn't look like it this year. So mm-hmm. maybe it was a fluke that they got 10 wins last year. And so that I, I, it just blows my mind. Now, of course, people are talking about the difference, and I agree with this. Um, Coach Harbaugh, after 2016, changed. Like, he stopped being the whole, you know, take fights on Twitter, quirky, you know, natural himself, really hot-headed. I don't know if it came from the penalty that happened in the Ohio state game where he tossed his clipboard and then they threw a flag. I don't know if that was a huge part of it or not because it did cost the team in that game. 
and maybe mm-hmm. he blames himself for that. But he is vastly different. And he he acts different in press conferences. It looks like he coaches different on the sideline. I, of course, have no idea exactly how he is with the players or the staff. But he looks vastly different. And so yeah, since, I agree. And since 2016, things ain't working. And a lot of people have been talking about it. I'm not the only one to point it out. And people are like, we want the old coach back, the one that you know fought at Gritty with Pete Carroll in the Pac-12, also in the NFL, they didn't get along. You know, he was doing this stuff. He was mouthing off, and he had an attitude. They want that coach back, and I can agree with that. And I know we had conversations with it when it was happening, and I said, you know what? So what? Okay, he's he's doing this, and he's not winning the big games. Whatever. Like, he's let him do it. I didn't care. I mean, yeah, sure, sometimes he can't back it up. I'm just like, whatever. And now here we are, and he's not doing it anymore. And I'm not saying that that's the direct tie with it. But he's lost his edge, it seems. And coach, uh, I don't even know what to make of it. His the coaching aspect is just awful right now. Five yeah. years in, I remember when he was coaching the Niners and they played against the Lions, and he almost got in a fight with Jim Schwartz um, in the center of the field after the game. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, just getting in a heated argument. Um, I can't remember which one like laid a hand on the other one, just like you know, spun him around and then people having to separate him, And, you know, that fire just doesn't seem to be there anymore. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's maybe something with the athletic department, something with the university, uh, with the board of regions. I, I have no, uh, with don donors, I no clue, but he is distinctly different from what he was at the NFL and what he was with Stanford and what he was before that, and as a player, even mm-hmm. you know, I mean, he he just completely looks different. People are saying, you know, fire Harbaugh. You know, what are you going to do after the season? The one thing I will say with that is this: there is no solution right now. No, uh, I'm not saying to get rid of Harbaugh, and I'm not saying to get rid of him soon and anything like that. I, I have no idea. What I will say is this, though: like until a solution presents itself. There's no reason to to do anything about it, especially during the season. But I'm even saying after the season, unless there's an obvious answer, I would say, why even bother with it? Because there's mm-hmm. no point in going to do another rich rod of, hey, let's try this. No. Like, yeah. Let's not put a bandaid on a bullet hole. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you look at some of the places that have had some of the greatest, greatest success is you know i mean urban uh they uh ohio state had trestle and then when they were able to pick their guy they got urban meyer which is arguably the best coach in college uh that has been in college football recently i mean yeah it's between him and saban so they got Mm -hmm. one of the absolute undoubtedly best and and then now they have Ryan Day, which he's been under Urban Meyer for how long? So he's probably set up pretty good. He's probably doing things exactly how Urban Meyer was. I mean, and then in other places like that, like they have they continue with these things. They didn't just go out and ran, grab some random guy. They got the best. I mean, Alabama got the best. Um, yeah. Georgia was in a decent spot. And then they took uh, 
a top defensive coordinator from Alabama, and they're doing a pretty freaking good job there. Uh, pr- better example, sorry, should, probably should scratch Georgia, but Oklahoma. Oklahoma had uh, Stoops, and then Stoops last, uh, left, and Lincoln Riley was there. Like, he was there. He knew what it was like. He kept things going, and he stepped in naturally and did an outstanding job. They didn't go out and grab some random guy and praying that it would work. There was a natural progression. There's no natural progression. There has not been natural progression for Michigan since Carr took over for whatever. I can't even think of it now. Gary Muller? Yeah, there was natural progression there. Michigan hasn't had that since since Rich Rod and trying with Hoke, and now they have Harbaugh. So there's no point. And, like, there's nobody to come up underneath Harbaugh there's nobody where it's just like, okay, bump Harbaugh, put somebody else in his spot. Nothing. Like, mm-hmm. So to fire him, especially now, but even at the end of the season, is pointless. Unless there's a solution, there's no point in even thinking or discussing that, really. Yeah. that That's my two cents about that. And I'm not saying to fire him or anything. I mean, I know that this looks stupid, and I've just laid out a huge li- list of this is this is the exact opposite of the way it's supposed to be going. Like you should not have three of your worst losses at the end of year four and beginning of year five. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to work opposite from that. So I don't know. I'm not here with answers. I'm acknowledging it's bad. I don't believe. I mean, we've said it and I'm fully on board of show me, don't tell me. Har- everybody was saying Harbaugh today was saying all the right things. I don't care. He could have gone yeah. out there and farted into the mic for all I care and go back into <laughs> locker room. And I'd be like, that, that was just as good as anything he could say because his, his words hold no weight. They're calling this a gut check. What was Ohio state last year? A gut check. And guess what changed? Nothing. They went out and then they played Florida. Guess what? That was a gut check too. Guess what changed? Nothing. Uh, okay, yeah, they tried changing the offense, but guess what? Struggle against Middle Tennessee, struggle against Army, and then you come out against your only first real opponent, and then you get completely embarrassed. Gut check, gut check, gut check, gut check, gut check. Nothing. Nothing, mm-hmm. nothing, 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 nothing. So he can say all he wants. He could say that an angel came down and blessed Shea Patterson, and he is never going to get sacked for the rest of the season and won't turn the ball over ever, and it doesn't matter. Show us. Don't tell us. Yeah. And that's oh. the way I felt with Harbaugh for a while now. And, you know, just this past week really just kind of soured me. I'm like, this isn't, this isn't going to change, is it? That's what I'm thinking after that game. And like I told you, you and I were texting during the game, and it got to halftime, and I turned it off. Yeah. I, told, I told you, I'm like, I'm not going to let this ruin my Saturday. Mm-hmm. And then I did some stuff around the house, and I came back, and I was like, oh, I'll check the score. So I turned it on, and that's when I saw McCaffrey get hit. He went out. I was like, okay, well, they're going to put Milton in. And then they trotted Shea Patterson back out there, and I turned it off for a second time. Yeah. I'm like, what are we doing? Like, you're getting destroyed, and you're going to put out this quarterback that wasn't doing anything. I was like, you got another guy out there, you know, that could possibly, you know, at least get some playing time. Because yeah. he's had, like, no playing time. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, another thing I was talking to Craig about. Like, 
You say we have such depth at quarterback. We don't. We don't have any guys that can run this offense. You know who the perfect quarterback is for this offense? Don't is Denard Robinson. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah, he's, he's the perfect quarterback for this offense because they want to do that RPO stuff. Well, we have quarterbacks that can run. We don't have running quarterbacks. Yeah. And there's a big difference. Yeah. We're, we're talking like the difference between, let's just go like NFL terms. We're talking the difference between having, uh, you know, Lawrence Jackson from the Ravens or having Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers can run, but he's not a running quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, that's how I feel the three that Michigan have are. Milton's a little bit better at running than McCaffrey and and Patterson, but they're more po- pocket quarterbacks that can scramble. Yeah, and we didn't. Even we went so many years trying to trying to shove uh, pro style players into a spread, and then we get spread players, and then we try to shove them into a pro style, and now we got pro style players, and we're trying to shove them into a spread. Yep. Yeah, so I yep. Uh, we didn't even talk about how bad the offense was. From considering like they are almost purposely are not doing what would work most effective. Where it's just like it at the end. I like that's a thing where I don't understand. Like where I could clearly see it being possible. Where people are saying Harbaugh is still too involved with playing calls, and then he lets go and lets Gaddis call at the end of the game. Or people are saying Gaddis is doing everything and then Harbaugh jumped in to call things at the game. I don't know. I don't care. It's still jacked up. The fact that you have to wait until there's five minutes left in the game to be like, oh, hey, we have some huge receivers. Maybe we should just roll them <laughs> down the field and say, hey, catch this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And another thing that Shea completely botched which shouldn't have even happened. That fumble shouldn't have even happened on the first drive because Shea completely botched the stupid, relatively easy-looking pass to Nico Collins where he overthrew him. Nico had Mm -hmm. the inside on his defender, and Shea completely botched that, and it should have been a touchdown, wouldn't have had to deal with that turnover, but no, instead this is is where it stands. Like It could have been a... "Quote unquote competitive, maybe first half. I'm not even going to say a game, first half. But instead, miss that completely, perfectly good opportunity. Then go around, turn around, and fumble the ball. Which Ben Mason running from seven freaking yards out or something stupid like that. The dude is great for one to two yards. But then you do it from the shotgun from seven to uh, about seven yards out. So he's running about ten yards." What is the point? The, it makes no sense. None. Nothing <laughs> makes sense. Top to bottom. Yep. And, and yeah, that's let's give him me. his first carry of the season, too. Yeah, against, like, the most difficult defense to face against. My question was, you're gonna, if you want to put in, like, a power running back, why do you put in Van Sumeran? Was he injured? Uh, I don't know if he was there, but he also had the fumble, uh, case of the fumbles, too. Yeah, that's true. Well, the whole team has had that. Yeah, so but I, I just don't, don't understand why that was the time to give Mason a carry. I if if it was within two yards of the goal line, I and, and from the I formation, yeah, I could have understood it. But from the shotgun and from about seven yards out, what? 
yeah, I didn't get understand it either. And actually, because you and I always prepare things that we're going to talk about for our review and our preview. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be honest, for Michigan, the two things I had, I talked about that catch that got called back on Ronnie Bell, which yep. I swear I saw the ball move, but nobody else said they saw it. But I'm still sticking with I, I swear I saw the ball move when he hit the ground. And the second thing I wrote down was just the word poop in all capital letters. <laughs> That's just how I felt about this game. Like, just garbage. Real quick about the bell catch. Um, I think it was a catch. I have a little understanding why they didn't say it was a catch because of some other things I have seen before. But my and my thought and understanding is like if it moves in the standpoint of like he loses control of it like it's in his hand and then it hits the ground and it turns or something like that like rotates then yeah. he doesn't have control but when he hit the ground the ball just hit the ground and it came up because obviously it can't go through or into the ground so there yeah. was no, there was nothing it could do so I don't know if they just need to make the rule where it's just like, hey, guess what? The ball can't touch the ground. Uh, but anyways, um, my notes, I forgot to mention this earlier. This, these are, I've just been going off the cuff, like whatever. I don't care. Yeah, me too. Um, these are my notes this week, which usually I'm pretty thorough. Uh, Michigan recap, wallow in self-pity. <laughs> And the Lions game recap slipped deeper into bre- into depression because I feel better about the Lions than I do Michigan. <laughs> I guess yours is a little more sophisticated than me just putting poop in all capital letters. <laughs> a little bit. I should have just read that and then just like played Steven's message and walked away. <laughs> Drop the mic. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, because again, Steven just summed up our feelings. Yeah, he got he got more into detail with it, but with the specific coaches. But yeah, it's a top to bottom. So show me, don't tell me. Um, absolutely, coaching issue, but don't don't just leave it there. I mean, there are obviously issues all over the place. I mean, he touched on it too. Warner, hey, dude, how long have you been here? You've got some senior, really experienced guys, and this was absolute trash. I like is what are they infected with? But anyways, I. Wh- you got anything else? Because I'm, I'm going to shut it off and punch something in the face. No, that's all I got. I got my frustrations out. <laughs> okay. I, I probably don't, but we'll see. It'll probably come out here when we do the uh, preview recording here shortly. So, <laughs> All right. With that, thanks, guys, for hanging out with us. You know, it's always good times. Mm-hmm. We have fun. Um, but yeah, we'll check with you guys later and, uh, hang around for the preview episodes coming up later this week until then, uh, try to survive and, uh, go blue. Go blue.